Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with me. I hope and pray you're having a fantastic day. You got your great cup of Joe and you're ready to go. How many of you listening right now have ever walked into a room, whether it's at work, entertainment, dining, or in your own home? You walk in the room, people look at you automatically and size you up and look at your outer appearance and make their first initial thought of, you're not going to amount to much. We've all had it done. I've done it myself to people. Um, and, it, and it feels bad, to be quite honest with you. It feels really bad to, to have someone to size you up without getting to know you. And so this happened in the Old Testament. This happened to a young boy who would later become king of Israel. And who I'm talking about is David. And I'm talking about the story of Samuel anointing David as the future king of Israel. Do you know that this is one of the most pivotal stories in the Old Testament? It's a story of when Samuel finds this young boy and anoints him as the next king of Israel. And God uses it to show us three profound lessons about humanity. So the story is found in 1 Samuel 16, and it begins with Samuel as a prophet who's grieving over the loss of his relationship with Saul. The prophet fell in deep regret because he regretted anointing Saul as king, because Saul no longer followed God. And as Samuel was grieving, the Lord spoke to him and told him, he said, go fill your horn with oil and go and anoint one of the sons of Jesse as the new king of Israel. So when Samuel arrives, Jesse brings out each one of his sons, starting with the oldest. However, none of them were what the Lord wanted. Finally, Samuel had to ask Jesse if he had any other sons, and Jesse hesitated and then told him that he had just one more who was out tending sheep. David was the youngest of Jesse's sons, and it was almost like if Jesse was thinking, surely this youngest would not be anointed king. However, sure enough, when David came in, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, anoint the young David as the next king of Israel. So David went to become the greatest king in history for Israel. And he's actually a part of the lineage of Jesus. The prophets predicted that the Messiah would come from David's roots. In fact, Jesus was called the son of David. And when the blind man who was sitting on the side of the road yelled, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He likely knew that Jesus was the promised Messiah. Mark 10, 47. The word Messiah means anointed one. And when Samuel anointed David, he proved the picture. He provided all the evidence of the coming Messiah. And as we reflect on the story of Samuel anointing David, we can also learn the profound truths about God and how he works in our lives. All right. The first, the first lesson we should learn is we can learn that God's values, small and insignificant. God values small and insignificant, particularly here in the West. And we look at things as large and significant. We tend to think bigger is always better, but God's values always seem small and insignificant to us. When Jesse lined up his sons, 
The older was more advanced and not the one God wanted. But they were more likely gifted with leadership and experience. But however, God chose the youngest and the least experienced. Our tendency is to believe that God's values is mostly in talent and those with great gifts. However, God places a premium on small and significant. We also can see this through Jesus' teaching. Jesus told a story of the mustard seed and compared it to his kingdom. In Matthew 13, 31 through 32, though the mustard seed was tiny, it had the potential to grow wildly, Jesus said. Even if you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, he would honor that faith through all the great things. So Jesus uses the parable about the mustard seed to show the connection. All right. Another example. Another example is the story of a little boy's lunch. When a crowd of over 5,000 people gathered to hear Jesus preach, they were trying to figure out, the disciples were trying to figure out how in the world are we going to feed these people. And one little boy's lunch with five loaves of bread and two fish seemed insignificant to all the disciples, but it was just perfect for Jesus. And he blessed it and he fed the multitudes. And they still had leftovers. So the next time that you feel like your faith is insignificant or your gifts are inadequate, remember Saul anointing David. Though he was the youngest and seemed the most insignificant, when God saw the greatest potential in him, place little in God's hands and watch how it can expand to his glory. You know, we should also learn that God not only calls, but he also empowers. The oil in the Bible is often a symbol of the Holy Spirit, and it sanctifies us. It sets us apart and equips us, and it empowers us to do the will of the Father. Although the Old Testament, the priests and the kings alike would anoint with oil to symbolize setting apart and empower of the Holy Spirit, but when Samuel takes his flask of oil and anoints David to be the future king, it's a symbol of the holy and honoring call that God has placed in David's life. From David on to every king of Israel who was anointed with this oil was a symbol of holy and honor calling of God. It's a symbol, in fact, that the Holy Spirit would empower them to do a job God has called them to do. Likely, when Samuel anointed David and David was just a teenager, can you imagine inadequate David felt? to be considered called king. However, God did not just call David. He promised to equip and empower David. From the moment that Saul anointed David, the Holy Spirit empowered David. In your life and in mine, God sometimes will call us to to impossible tasks, perhaps stepping into a leadership position in which we feel that we're not equipped or maybe raising a special needs child, but God calls us into roles and tasks beyond our abilities. And in these moments of inadequacy and being overwhelmed, we need to remember that God is calling us to do this. He empowers us to do so. Just as Samuel anointed David with the oil to symbolize the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, he also empowers us with the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised that he would send an advocate to help us in every area of our life. John 14, 15 through 17. We can trust his promise even when the task feels impossible. 
because we've all been there, have we not? We've all been there when God is calling us to do something, but we feel that we don't have the power. We don't have the energy, everything that we need to move on because we don't fully trust in what God has in store for us. That's something we need to learn. That's something I've had to learn. Um, of nearly 50 years on this earth, I've had to learn that when God calls me to go do something, no matter what the task is, it seems overwhelming. It seems scary. But if I put my trust and my faith in God and I take that step of faith, I'm going to do what it is he called me to do. And that's what you have to do in your own lives. Because there are things going on, I believe right now in your lives, where you feel that you are not empowered, that you feel inadequate, ill-equipped to do the job that God's called you to do. It could be something in a Sunday school. It could be something in your, your local community, maybe in your work, your school, or what have you. There's something God's calling you to do, and you're not listening. And so that's what you need to do. You need to be able to listen and follow what God has in store. Because I promise you, just like David, all right, Let's look at David again for a second. A young child tending sheep, the youngest of all the brothers, who is anointed by God to be the future king of Israel. Okay? So you can imagine this young boy going from the fields of watching sheep to sitting on the throne in Israel. Can you imagine how scary that was for him? But he did it because he followed what God had in store. We need to learn also out of all this that God is never in a hurry. David was likely anointed as a teenager, but ultimately waited many years to become king. Most Bible scholars believe that David waited at least 17 years before becoming king. In Psalm 13, we can see where David is crying out to God in prayer. O long, O Lord, how long? In Psalms 13.1, yet those years of waiting are crucial in David's development. All right, we live in an impatient culture. And for most of us, waiting is very challenging. But yet it is a part of God's plan in our lives. The author Andrew Murray wrote these profound words. God is unwary patience. You know what? I love that. God is unwary patience. We are impatient people, but however, God is very patient. No matter what the task is, God's timetable will be fulfilled. We will do what it is that God wants us to do. We will do it according to his timetable and not ours. And that's something I've spoke about in the previous episode when I talked about our time versus God's time. Because there are people still in this world, ladies and gentlemen, who believe that their time is the most important time and God needs to take a back seat. And I'm here to tell you that's extremely wrong. And if you keep thinking that way, you're going to find out that what you believe and what you think is completely wrong and God will change your course. I promise you that. Okay. So we need to understand that when we are following what God wants, he's developing us as our character. He is putting us on the stage for his perfect plan. 
And if David became king at the age of 17, he may have made foolish choices, but God needed to work in David's life to shape him as the character and set the stage for his mighty plan. Learning to wait for God's timing while simply enjoying his presence is the part of the most maturing process. And that's something I struggle with and I know you struggle with today. Be impatient and waiting upon the Lord. It's very hard to do. I mean, it's very hard to do. So the story of Samuel anointing king is very profound in the Bible. David points us to Christ who come to be the ultimate anointed one as the Messiah. And we could study on how Samuel's anointing David, which can remind us that God values the small and insignificant. God calls us to do challenging work, and he also empowers us to do the work that he calls us to do. So in today's episode, we're learning how God is never in a hurry. He values the small and insignificant things in our lives, and he not only calls us, but he empowers us. So my question to you, my challenge to you is this. Is there something that God's calling you to do that you've yet to answer? Is there anything that's going on that God's saying, I need you to go do this, but you fail to respond? Because you think you're insignificant. You think you don't have any value. You think you're weak. You think all of these things that the devil is trying to make you think. But in reality, God is saying, trust me. I got you. Can you imagine that? When God is sitting here going, trust me, I have you. And what do we do? Some listen, but some are like, no, I don't know. I think I need to do this on my own. Or I think I need to do something else. And it doesn't work out. It really doesn't. It does not work out. To, to sit there and to look at our lives and think to ourselves, What is it that God wants me to do? Because we've all done that. If we're followers of Christ, we sit there and we go, what is it that the Lord wants me to do? I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to serve. But when we get that call in to go serve, we find every excuse in the world. Here recently, I I spoke with a uh, young lady who was mentioning something very similar to this. Because she feels out of touch and out of sorts. She wants to uh, find a church that's accepting of her. Those are her words, not mine. And she is looking to see what's going on. And one of the things she mentioned to me, and she says, well, you know what? I think I'd like to do something with a uh, Sunday school or preschool and, and teach young kids. Teach kids about Jesus because nobody was ever there to teach me. And I looked at her and I said, well, I said, this is what you got to do. I said, first, you got to get off by yourself, find you a spot and you and the Lord need to sit down and have a discussion. I said, but be alert to what you ask for the answers may come. And I said, if the answer comes that it's not what you're looking for, you can't just sit there and say, "Eh, pass and ask another question. Because God will put you where he needs you. He will put you exactly where he wants you to be at, whether you want to be there or not. So that's what I told her. I said, here's the deal. I said, you need to go off and pray and just wait for the answer. I said, but when the answer comes, be able to respond. 
And what I mean by that is be able to go and do what it is that God's called you to do. Um, people are called to do a lot of things. And God empowers us to do a lot of things, a lot of different ministries on this earth. And it's more than just being a preacher. It's more than just being a a Sunday school teacher or anything like that. He empowers us to go out and to be in the community, to be out in the world and do his will. Because the Bible tells us we need to go out and spread the gospel, correct? And that's what we're supposed to do. We all have a testimony. We all need to be able to go out and witness to someone and tell them about Jesus. The biggest question that always gets asked is, why are you a Christian? Why do you follow Jesus? What is it about this religion that you want to follow? And I have to stop them right there, to be honest with you. And I have to stop them and say, it's not a religion because religion is man-made. It's not a religion. It's made by God. So it's, it's Christianity. And, you know, learning here recently that Christian means little Christ, to me, it's a badge of honor. Because if it was considered an insult back in the day when the Romans and everybody was throwing around those insults at the disciples, calling them Christians, trying to to put them down for following Christ, I consider that a badge of honor. And I'd be more than happy to wear that badge. I'd be more than happy for you to come and verbally attack me because I'm a Christian. I don't always act like the Christian that I need to be. I'm all the time failing and people see my faults. And that's the first thing they want to judge. Just as I said at the beginning of the episode of walking in and having all eyes on you and being judged. That happens with each and every one of us every day. We are judged. We are examined. And all of our faults are brought out. No matter what we've done good, all of our faults are brought out and it's put in front of our face. And it's the same way of following the Lord. Because... The road is not always perfect and it's not always straight. There's always a few bumps in the road and there's people that's going to be in your way. There's things that are going to be in your way. But at the end of the day, God has empowered you. God is with you. God will take you and put you where it is that he needs you. So the one thing I want you to take away from this episode today is this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. That, my friends, is some of the best scripture for today's episode. We need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. So I want to thank all of you for listening today and for supporting this uh, podcast. Thank you so much for liking, sharing, and subscribing. Um, I want to always bring your attention to our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, our website at jesusandacupofjoe.com, and also um, our streaming that we do on the YouTube channel. As always, thank you so much. Um, If you ever have any questions, you want to reach out to us, we're always available to, to help out and answer where we can. So as we get ready to just shut this down, get ready to go, just remember one thing. You always start your day with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless.